Welcome to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also listen to us anytime, anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. 509 here at the station, 86 degrees and mostly sunny outside. Hopefully, uh, no storms were coming through tonight, but we'll see what brings us. Well, the Fed, after their meetings tonight, uh, raised interest rates 0.25%, a quarter percent, which brings interest rates the highest they've been since 2001. You know, that's where we're at now. And it's in a balance to, to you know, fight and manage inflation, but is it going to cost other issues as well? Well, some of them are um, in regards to Social Security, and it's one of the reasons a lot of people think to believe that they're fighting to reduce interest rates so much because your COLA increase, your cost of living increase, are based on inflation. So if they artificially decrease inflation, well, that's going to reduce your benefits for next year when it increase, that COLA increase is factored in. So there's been a lot of talk that is this going on specifically you know, for that reason? Are they being so aggressive for inflation, teetering on really damaging the economy to help mitigate, you know, hefty increases like we saw this year in Social Security and such like that. Well, we're looking at it maybe a 50% cut coming for boomers across the the cost of living adjustment for next year. So, um, you know, the, sitters, the Senior Citizen League predicts next year's coal increase could be just about 3.1%, less than half of this year's 8.7% which was the largest gain in four decades. And again, that's tied to the rate of inflation, which means the rate of inflation was the highest it's been last year in four decades. Now this year, the interest rate is the highest it's been since 2001. Doesn't seem like a great economy, does it? It's calculated based on inflation in the third quarter, July, August, and September of the prior year. So the average of uh, July, August, and September of this year will determine next year's cost of living increase. And uh, it's thanks to a rate adjustment by the Federal Reserve, inflation has slowed over the last several months. Between January 2000 and February 2023, Social Security benefits increased by just 78% averaging just 3.4% annually, while food, utilities, and other goods and services increased by 141.4%, averaging 6.2% annually. Let me say that again. Between January of 2000, between January of 2000 and February of 2023, Social Security benefits increased 78%, averaging 3.4 annually, while food, utilities, and other goods and services increased by 141%, double, averaging 6.2% annually. And that's from the Senior Citizen League reported citing data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. 
plus smaller increase will not have much effect on someone whose Social Security benefits are based on the median income of 28000 to 38000 for the silent generation that preceded boomers based on Social Security administration projections. The median earnings for boomers were predicted to range from $41,000 to $44,000, which re- would result in a larger Social Security check. The silent generation also typically has pensions to rely on to fund part of their retirement, whereas many boomers do not. While increases of 3.1 for Social Security is still an increase, it's not likely to keep pace with inflation. Boomers who rely on Social Security may have to look into investments or sources of income to continue to make ends meet in these challenging times. Now, again, this is an article from Yahoo Finance. And I think it pretty much speaks for itself. And the boomers are ages uh, born between 1946 and 1964. Some of them are already collecting Social Security. And they're saying those are the people who are going to get hit the hardest, the people who depend on just Social Security. With the rate of inflation and in costs that have gone up, like I just said, double of what Social Security has gone up, how is that sustainable? How do we not move forward to fix that? And it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough sell when you can't even bring up the subject. How are we supposed to fix something? that the second you bring it up, you're demonized for bringing it up, regardless if you party, regardless of who you are. This has nothing to do with that. Once it's mentioned, it's weaponized. They scare people. The scare tactic come up. And it's very easy to scare people when it's their only source of income. It's very easy to scare vulnerable people. And politicians know this, and they prey on it. They use it. They pay organizations and think tanks to manipulate how best they can weaponize it. And in the meantime, could care less about our parents, our grandparents, or anybody else, our aunts, uncles, or us. I mean, we've been paying into it for how long? I've been working since I was 14. I'm sure many of you, especially out here in, in rural Farm country and such, I'm sure a lot of you were working far before that. But there's no effort whatsoever. I mean, the, 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 the ticking clock is there. In each chamber of Congress, they should have like a debt ceiling clock like we have in New York. That shows when Social Security drops to 20, 30% cuts, 50% cuts, 70% cuts. And when it's just defunct, when it's bankrupt. And the fixes are there. There's ideas to fix it. We've talked about them here. Some of them have less of an impact on people. Some of them have more of an impact on people. You know, I think raising the cap of what what was it now, $172,000? That's a good start. If you make more money, you can continue to pay Social Security on that money. 
But do we just get rid of the cap? Do we make that cap $500,000? The first million dollars? Is that the cap or as much as you make? These are things that are open to negotiation. As far as the age. Is it looked at as far as the life expectancy? I know it's a hard sell. I know people who, you know, if you're a year or two away from getting that Social Security, it's not ideal. The different age brackets, if you take Social Security earlier at a lower percentage rather than waiting till later at a higher percentage. I mean, I've run the numbers a couple of times with my wife. And I think it came out the best scenario for us, for our situation, was one of us to take it as soon as we can, the other one to take it at the max rate. But all these things need to be looked at. And I just got a text in, uh, we used to get an envelope from Social Security telling us how much, how much we would get. And they stopped that. Just work forever. We can't retire. No, it's online now. You could still get it. You just have to go online to get it. They don't mail it to you on your birthday like they used to every year. And again, cost savings in the internet age, I guess. I really don't know the exact reason why they stopped it, but I'm sure it had something to do with cost savings, you know, rather than mailing out or maybe identity theft. You know, there could be a bunch of reasons why they did it, but you can still get that information online. You have to set up a social security account and you can get all that. I've run it a couple times. But it's just something that needs to be fixed. But, you know, the, the main topic of what we were talking about today is how just this year alone, the coal increase is going to be half of what it was last year. You know, this Next year's coal will be half of what it was this year. And it's not keeping up with the price of inflation, even with the coal increases tied to inflation. You know, I just told you from 2000 to 2023, Social Security benefits are up 78%. Cost, utilities, goods and services are up 141%, double. It's not keeping up. So how do we fix that discrepancies? How do we make this better? It's not as simple as give people more money in their Social Security because it's already becoming insolvent. It's already not sustaining itself. So we need to do better fixes. We need to find out how we do these things. Now, does that include maybe you tie into immigration? Where if you were an illegal immigrant and you're eventually going to get citizenship, maybe there's a fine for five years that goes into the Social Security pool. Sort of like a capital gains when you, uh, capital improvement when you, when you go join a homeowners association and stuff. Where, you know, since the infrastructure has been sustained and you're now buying into that, you have to pay a percentage to, to, to make up for the, you're part of that that you're now part of. There's many fixes out there, and there's ways to do it. But like I said, you are demonized the second it is brought up. You, it's weaponized against you. So why is a politician whose only goal is self-preservation, why would you go down that road knowing it brings out the spikes and the broken glass and the things you have to avoid now? No, the system is designed to have them stay away from it because... They want you to stay away from it. The system wants you to stay away from it. 
And we need people willing to put up with those spikes, willing to do things to fix for the betterment of everyone, because we're all going to need it one day. 521 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, this traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. It's just a backup on 80 westbound due to the road work going on between Cunningham Drums and the Berwick area. You might be set back just a bit in your travels. We are dipping below the speed limit just to about 40 miles per hour. 81 northbound around Wilkesbury Bear Creek. But things are moving right along before you even get near the Pittston area. No reports of any accidents. Just some heavy traffic on Main Street in Pittston, as well as uh, heading into the Back Mountain on Route 309 South Memorial Highway around Hillside Road. And there is a heavy traffic heading up the hill, Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit State Street. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Whenever I see one? Whenever. Whenever, whenever, whenever well, I see one. Well, I, I won't be here to answer the phone, so <laughs> if I'm here, I will answer the phone, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> whenever. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. You know I'm going to call the hotline at like 2 in the morning one day saying, I see traffic and just leave you a message. You'll get the next day. <laughs> and I'll try to figure out how to Oh, this afternoon, sunny and hot, low, high in the low 90s. Tonight, fair and mild, low 68. Thursday, hot, hazy, hot, and humid. Chance of a pop-up thunderstorm, low in the 90s, high in the low 90s. Friday, partly cloudy. Chance of thunderstorms, high in the low 90s again. It's currently 85 degrees and mostly sunny at 522 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 526. Had someone text in high in, high in the low 90s. What does that even mean? So I said, it's high in the 90s, but low in the 90s, 90 to 93. That's the way I get it. Got a question for Jake, too. Uh, To Jake, I'm a Chargers NFL fan. How about the deal Herbert got? Can't wait for preseason. Yeah, I can't wait for preseason either, and that's it. What a deal. I mean, five years, $269 million, and... You know, Justin Herbert, I mean, he's definitely the future of that team. It just remains to be seen. They've got the talent. When you look at that that entire team, I just wonder how much the, that coaching staff is going to hold them back when you think of Brandon Staley being their head coach. I mean, it, he's had so many boneheaded decisions that he's made ever since he became the head coach in 2021. But I've always been a big fan of Justin Herbert, and I feel like he definitely has the potential to go far or go deep in the playoffs, maybe one day win a Super Bowl. But I just wonder about the the coaching staff. And obviously, when you're in the same division as Pat Mahomes, you've got your work cut out for you. (laughs) No doubt. Yeah. I mean, we're getting close, Rob. Next Thursday already is going to be the Hall of Fame game between the Jets and the Browns. And then after that, all the preseason kicks off. We have all the training camps that have begun over the past week or so. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Have you ever been out to Steelers training camp? Never been there. But Uh. I'll definitely have to check that off the bucket list one year. Yeah, I've been to both Philadelphia's and I've been to the Jets. The Jets are just on upstate New York, uh, you know, probably about 40 minutes from me. So we used to go up all the time. Yeah, Hofstra. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they they practice upstate New York. Their their training facility during the season is Hofstra. Yeah, I just remember the the rant that Rex Ryan made that one year when they were on Hard Knocks. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good time. (laughs) I was there the year Sanchez and uh, who was the guy from Florida Gators? 
Uh, Tebow. Tebow. Yeah, oh, they were yeah. both there at the same time. I got some great footage. Got to speak with both of them. Uh, but it was that's the main reason I went there. You know, I liked Tim Tebow and what he stood for and how he played. And Sanchez was, you know, he was always a good guy. And they were both there for the the position. It was just an awkward situation for the team at that point. Yeah, it was very awkward. I mean, myself, I'm a Florida Gators fan, and quite honestly, Tim Tebow w- was pretty much what drew me to to being a Gators fan. And it was such an interesting time. You talk about that time back in 2012, Rob, when the year before, obviously, Denver went on that magical run that they did, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. Still stinks to this day. Don't break anything in there. Oh, I'm good. (laughs) I'm calm. (laughs) But, I mean, at the same time, they go on this magical run. But the Indianapolis Colts felt like Peyton Manning was damaged goods after he had the neck surgery, after he missed all of 2011. And, I mean, let's face it, if you have a chance between Tim Tebow or Peyton Manning, obviously you're going to go with Peyton Manning. Yeah. And that was definitely in a very, very interesting situation and scenario that panned out throughout 2012, how Rex, it seemed like, just, just stuck with Sanchez. Because Rex's first two years with the Jets, the the one mantra that he always preached was ground and pound. And you saw how great and how deep they went in the playoffs both years with that running game and with that defense and coming within one game of going to the Super Bowl. The- do, do without or, or work a little harder to make a little more. But uh, it seems when these politicians, when they have our money, when they're working with other people's money, there's always this shell game going on. Yeah, uh, it's a great thing. It really is. But, hey, look on the bright side. President Biden cured cancer. <laughs> yeah, that's That's what he says, right? That's what he said yesterday. He did. He did. And they corrected the White House when they put out the transcript of that, corrected it. So they're not even putting out what was said anymore. Uh, You know, it's time we do better of who we put in these positions, Ben. Uh, Well, we need younger politicians. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm an older person, but I guarantee you right now we need Mitch McConnell is proof of this. President Biden is proof of this. We need younger politicians in this country to run it. Well, from your mouth to the Americans' ears, Ben, I hope that that comes to fruition. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling, Ben. No problem, Rob. Thank you. Um, and he, he hit it he hit it nail on the head. We need fresh fresh people out there. We need people with fresh ideas. We need non-establishment people. Uh, you know, there was even an article now that they're showing, you know, the progressive and radical Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is starting to settle in as you're just run-of-the-mill establishment Democrat now. And uh, you see it. You see how the things have changed. She still tries to keep her street cred with her videos and her little TikToks and all this stuff where she's stand, standing with, uh, you know, the actors on an actor's guild. Uh, how you feel sorry uh, is, is beyond me. But, um, you know, she's fell into that pretty well. I mean, one of the first acts she did is, is, is vote to give herself a raise because, you know, it's hard living in two cities at the same time. And... Uh, it seems to to get to the best of them, and we see it here, especially in Lackawanna County. If you are not in the establishment and some somehow get into office here in Northeast Pennsylvania, you are either going to be inducted into that establishment or they're going to show you the door as fast as they can, and we need to fight that. We need to get back to good people with good voices and good ideas doing the people's work. 432 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 437. It's time in the show where we honor our 
heroes from across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 91 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day throughout history. Two from here in Pennsylvania. We'll start off with Constable Samuel Norman, Pennsylvania State Constable, Allegheny County, in 1877, was shot and killed while attempting to serve an arrest warrant on a man wanted for assaulting a woman in Tarotum Borough. Next is uh, Constable Harry Heiss, Pennsylvania State Constable in Allegheny County as well in 1874. Drowned while attempting to rescue citizens during a flood in Allegheny City. Heavy rains had caused the stream above O'Hara Street, present-day Spring Garden Avenue in Pittsburgh. Overflow, which resulted in a large landslide, Constable Hess became caught in the flood waters and drowned as he attempted to rescue several citizens in the area of Concord Street and Chestnut Street. His body was located along Perry Street following morning. An estimated 150 to 200 people died in the flood. Constable Hess was the constable of Allegheny City Ward 3. He was a Union Army veteran of the Civil War. And those are our two from Pennsylvania, but 91 total. That that really uh, really uh, is a high number for here. I think that's one of the highest numbers I've had in the daily uh the daily uh, post that I've put up on this. And I just got uh, Hunter Biden's conditional release from the judge. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when we come back. But I just posted it on my Facebook. So if you're following me, if you're not following me, go to Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, follow the page, and you can see I I put the actual document up there for uh, the judge's demands for Hunter Biden's conditional release. And uh, it's pretty... It's pretty strict, to be honest with you. We'll go through each of the details in uh, you know when we come back from break because uh, we're going out soon. But it, uh, it, uh, you know, I I don't know. Is is this is this all just a response to the fact that everyone was saying this was a sweetheart deal? So you had the judge, the prosecutors, the defense say, okay, let's. Let's make this a little difficult, but the entire thing fell through. So I'd like to have faith in our justice system. I'd like to have faith that it's going to be impartial here. It's hard to believe with something like this, you know, from the statements made, the changing of statements made from our press secretary. And and it's just incredible the way they gaslight us as the public, the way they, they, uh, they want to tell us nothing when they want to tell us nothing. Now, Corrine Jean-Pierre, when she was questioned when all this broke today, was Hunter Biden's a private citizen and this was a personal matter for him. Okay, so that's your stance now. But yet the candidacy set up a laptop disinformation campaign with 51 intel people. Some of them, the one who who ran that campaign, is now the Secretary of State. Uh, Hunter Biden lives in the White House. He travels with his father on official business, is at his father's side advising him on official appearances, has evidence now that he actually is in business with his father and has used the influence of his dad. There's evidence of that now. So, yes, the White House should be answering questions, and they just gaslight us like we're stupid. It's 441 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. 
dumb working class scum. That's us. That's us. Uh, this traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. Not seeing any problems on 81 at the moment. No backups, no accidents, no slowdowns. Hope it stays that way. Uh, 80 westbound, that's a little jammed up as you go through construction between Cunningham Drums and the Berwick area. We also have um, construction. On, there is construction on 81 northbound that doesn't seem to be uh, causing any problems at the moment. So uh, that's above the Clark Summit area and into the Endless Mountains. Some heavy traffic on Route 309 South Memorial Highway as you head into the Back Mountain. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Oh, my gosh. I'm having problems with numbers today, Rob. Promise you we're not drinking. I wasn't drinking. I it's just you. I think I need a couple days off. But you know, I won't I don't do that to myself. Well, I don't know why. To, you need to do that you to know, yourself. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where I could go and who's gonna go with me. Find, that is all. I'll have to find, find a date. Find a place to go. Uh, that's it. You're right. All right. Have a great um I'll be back. What, the in a weather, bit. Have a great weather. <laughs> yeah, have a great weather. <laughs> Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. This afternoon, sunny and hot, high, low in the nineties. Tonight, fair and mild, low 68. Thursday, hot, hazy, humid, chance of a pop-up thunderstorm, high again in the low 90s. Friday, partly cloudy, chance of a thunderstorm, high in the low 90s again. It's currently 86 degrees and mostly sunny at 442 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 446, 86 degrees and mostly sunny. Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas was before Congress today talking about the debacle he calls our immigration control. And it was funny how he wants to deflect that to Congress for our broken immigration system. And, and it's not not true, but he's been an absolutely failure at the border with the systems we do have in place. And Congress, the Senate, has made no strives in any dimension, including the executive branch, to change our immigration system. So, uh, you know, it was a lot of deflection going on, a lot of not answering questions, you know, wouldn't, he outright wouldn't answer some questions about how many people they've deported. He kept talking about how they've deported aggravated felons at an increased rate. And they said, okay, well, how many people not aggravated felons have you deported? And he couldn't answer, he wouldn't answer that question. So, uh, you know, it was interesting uh, back and forth to that where I was catching between the, the UFO hearings and the uh, Hunter Biden trial. Let's go to uh, Joe from Sawyersville on illegal immigration. Joe. Hi, Rob. Rob, when it comes to illegal immigration, both uh, Trump and Biden did not do a good job. I mean, when Donald Trump was president, there were millions of illegal immigrants in this country. When he left, they were still here. So did he do a good job himself? At stopping them from coming in, uh, illegal immigration coming into the country was at an all-time low. But, but, yes, he did, here. but yes, he did not do anything as far as uh, That's right. uh, changing immigration policy or dealing with the problem of illegal immigrants who are already here. But then again, neither has any president in the last 50 years. Rob, the problem is both parties want the cheap labor, so I think it will ever change. I really don't. Oh, I don't disagree with you there, Joe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I said... About me, if people want to attack Joe Biden, that's fine. But Donald Trump did not do a good job either, so that's my opinion. Well, he didn't do a good job of uh, reforming immigration policy. He did a great job of securing the border. Well, I think that the people who are here illegally should be sent back to their home countries. They should not be here. 
And you're a Democrat? Yes, I am. You got a hard I time do. for that? I don't like it. No, I don't. I'm no, more do, of a moderate. Do you get Do you get a hard time for that that stance? Oh no, not at all. Because I think a lot of people do agree with me. We don't want illegal immigration in this country. I certainly don't. Absolutely not. All right. So you're for a secure border? Absolutely. All right. So we agree there, Joe. You have a great we, night. All right, Ralph. Hold on. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, can't can't complain there. You know, and and our politicians again have failed us on multiple levels. No party ownership here. They both have. You've had the Democrats in charge of all three parties did nothing. You've had the Republicans, when you had three parties, did nothing. Um, Joe wasn't wrong. Is it cheap labor? Is it, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a, I think we need to start with securing the entry points which it was a start under the Trump administration, and it was never taken to fruition. It was never completed. The wall was not totally built. Things weren't done. And now, I mean, you have a total disaster at the border for border security. You have stacks of wall material that we're paying to store in stacks, you know, at locations where the border's wide open. We've seen what's going on right there at the border. Um, But without securing it first, then we can deal with what we do with the people who are here already. Now, I agree 100%. Anyone with a violent criminal record, out. Anyone who's committed crimes while they're here, out. But it's disingenuous to think that we're going to round up every person who is here illegally and throw them out of the country. That's just not going to happen, nor should it. But it should be done in conjunction with the law and what's agreed upon and and what's sustainable. But the first step to that is securing our borders. Stop the influx of people who are coming in and continue to come in day in and day out. That's just the way, you know, that is. Let's move on. i got a bunch of calls for different reasons here. Let's go to uh, Ken from Hanover on Hunter. Hey there, Rob. Hey, Ken. You know what? Here's the thing. No matter what the judge says, if no one's going to enforce it, what does it matter? Well, you're right, you're right there. Um, you know, I'm looking at the enforcement status here, and... Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the I'm looking over the form and I don't know if you follow me on social media, but I posted the the actual document there that has the specific uh, reasons. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but you're right. If, if no one's actually looking, you know, they could put all the restrictions they want if no one cares and they just give them a pass on everything. But I'm actually surprised at some of the things that are here. So well, I'm sure it was put on for propaganda. And as a quick thing for immigration, you know, I keep hearing this. Our, pol- our immigration policy is broken. We need something different. Uh, why is it I haven't seen anyone's bill? Well, that's exactly what I just said. You know, you've had majorities on both sides. There's no... Well, no, I mean, no, not even, not even if they didn't do anything. I understand they haven't done anything. I mean, the people complaining that we need to change it, okay, what's their idea? What's the change they want to do? We allow a million people a year to become, to become citizens. What number do they want? I agree. I agree. There's been nothing. No one's. It, it's, it's like the Social Security issue. It's taboo to even touch it. It's taboo to even go down that road. Because it's a no-win situation, so everybody talks about it all the time. Everybody weaponizes it, but no one looks to solve solve it. I mean, honestly, the only thing, the very first thing we need to do for immigration is quintuple the amount of immigration courts, so that maybe we we can actually get through the backlog. That would be a great uh, part of it, but don't you think securing the actual border first, and then we could work on you know who's here? Hey, we can do two things at once. We're the United States. We fought a war on two fronts. 
You know, we we did at one point. Uh, you're, I think you're overestimating the people in charge today. But this is at a time, in all seriousness, this is at a time well, where it, Europe is now mandating visas for Americans starting next year. It's the thing that it's not that we can't do it. It's that no one wants to do it. They just want to talk about it. They actually don't want to do any of these things. Oh, absolutely. Because all they think about is the next election. and They could care less about the right. real, real problems we're facing. Correct. Have a good day, Rob. All right. Have a good day as you well. Uh, it's uh, 4.53 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 4.56, 86 degrees. This is uh, text messages coming in. It used to be about cheap labor. Now it's about filling our country with uneducated people who know nothing or care nothing about our laws and our Constitution, hence becoming a Democrat voters. Complete power grab. Jeff from Carbondale. You know, I, I, I don't see them. They're they're not going to vote yet. I mean, there are efforts to get that done, but uh, you know, I don't see that being the main concern here. It's just we haven't seen this type of crisis, and, and I've worked in New York for many years. I've been back and forth for decades now. I've never seen the crisis at this level with the illegal migration, with the the crisis of the cost that it's costing the taxpayer to foot the bill for this. And this is just new the last two years, this crisis in our inner cities. And again, you've had cities open it. I mean, remember Mayor Kenny in in Philadelphia doing the dance when they became a sanctuary city. Um, You know, he asked for it. You know, people in New York vote the way they vote. They asked for it. It's hard to feel sorry for them, but I I feel sorry for the people who live in these cities. I feel sorry for the cities themselves that, uh, you know, I saw – turn around myself with my own two eyes and my own sweat and blood. And to, to see the streets now of this crisis, this manufactured crisis where it's just been an open-door policy, needs to stop. It's unsustainable. I mean, where do we think it's going to end up? Do we think they're just going to blend into the communities and, you know, there's going to be no more crisis, it's going to subside? No, they're here. It's, it's a crisis of epidemic proportions that's coming in. And like we've discussed, you have to have the you have to have the the want to fix these problems, to address these problems. And I don't see politicians at all, regardless of your party, wanting to fix any problems. And immigration is one of those taboos like like Social Security. Social Security must be fixed. I mean, we're going to talk about that at the five o'clock hour. Some things that are going on with that. If it's not fixed, it's done. Something needs to happen. I'm not saying it needs to be cut. I'm not saying it needs to go away. I'm not saying take it away from people, kick people off it. But it needs to be fixed. The The formula, the methodology for Social Security is not working. The simple graph of it used to be a, a, tri- a pyramid, a triangle, it is now a rectangle. Pretty soon that's going to be an upside-down triangle, and it's unsustainable. They are telling us time and time again. This what we're doing with immigration is unsustainable, but no one seems to care. No one seems to. You hear the mayors now crying about it. You hear New York City calling Uncle. You Philadelphia saying we can't handle this anymore. We can't do these things. But they're doing nothing to stop it. They're not. Where are these mayors going to Washington and meeting with Joe Biden, saying we have to do something? Enough's enough. You haven't seen that either. Till so, and do they do that? 
let them suffer with the problems they've created themselves. But it's just a matter of time before it's here in Scranton, here in downtown Wilkesbury. I mean, it's already here, but I'm talking about it at New York and Philadelphia levels where it's crushing the community, making it unlivable, making it unwalkable for your families. That's what's coming if we don't do something because it is literally a free-for-all down at our border. I've been there. 459 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these messages. 